Hello again, I'm Mike Morin. Welcome to Reset. 40 is the new happy. An ongoing celebration of midlifers looking to carve a new path to happiness. Now sometimes this happiness happens voluntarily. Other times it has to happen for survival. Well today I've decided to turn this episode inward because the creator of ManchesterInklink.com where you're listening, I hope, is the perfect example of these second acts that I love to explore. Carol Robodeau's skills as a solid journalist were not enough to guarantee her a lifelong job at the New Hampshire Union Leader. 30 years ago, maybe, but she left in 2011. Two years ago, she took her bag of tricks, writing tricks, learned a whole lot about internet news service, and started Manchester Inklink, a daily news and information site. So Carol, after 10 years at the iconic Union Leader, you left and I believe laid off, but you can tell me for sure. Aside from the income interruption, did this strike a blow in other ways? Yeah, I'm actually, yeah, I did get laid off in 2008 uh, during the Great Recession, and then uh, immediately was offered a part-time job, which is the problem in journalism. They, they really want to make part-time staffers. So I declined that offer initially. Then my husband lost his job a couple months later. So in 2009, I went back as a correspondent covering the town of Derry, which I did for a couple of years. And I was an independent contractor. So that was the beginning of change in my head because I started doing uh, writing and taking my own photographs to get paid more money at the union leader. But then I also started to branch out and try my hand at freelancing to supplement that income because I just learned a valuable lesson in not having all your eggs in one basket. So I did some freelance for uh, Business New Hampshire magazine. I did some freelance for uh, New Hampshire Public Radio. I did some freelance for the Elliott Hospital in-house stuff. Uh, just little things that kind of gave me a broader um, resume, if you will, and some, some more um, irons in the fire. And even then, it was kind of a, a challenge because, like you say, um, I, I, I kind of knew at that point that I'd never have a full-time newsroom job again and unless I wanted to leave New Hampshire. And even then, we see every day newspapers are being bought and sold and folding and changing hands and then there's this new media thing happening and that's really changing everything that's been a game changer so I did uh, freelance and union leader correspondent until 2011 when I stepped away from the union leader um, myself it was my decision to leave but I didn't have a job lined up I just had had enough frustration doing that job and uh, patch.com was coming into New Hampshire at that time and the same day I quit the union leader I got a call from the hiring editor who said hey we heard you're available and we'd love to have you we need somebody like you to cover the city of Nashua so I said okay I'm in and that was pretty easy so I made the transition and that right there was really how I learned that I could do what I'm doing now because essentially I was doing it for, for the second largest city in New Hampshire. And the patch model was small towns, you know, 10,000, 20,000, 40,000. Nashua at the time had about 86, 87,000 residents and it hadn't been done before. So it was, it was kind of a leap of faith on their part that I could manage it by myself. But not only did, it, did, did I manage it, but it was very successful. Until AOL sold Patch, and then once again, my life turned upside down in 2014 when uh, Patch sold AOL sold Patch. 
to another company. Welcome. You've got unemployment. Yeah. So that was that was once again sort of the rug being pulled out from under me because I was really finding my groove with online news and doing everything immediately, having the ability and the power to post stories quickly, to take video, to take photographs, to decide what the news was going to be, how it was going to flow what meetings to go to, who to interview. It was it was fabulous and it was smart. And that's what that's what attracted, you know, a thousand former journalists to Patch at the time. We all saw the wisdom of being embedded in a community and getting back to a sense that, you know, there's there's important things happening right where you are and people are beginning to have other ways to get news. They triangulate is a word that they used. You know, you might wake up in the morning and you might check the New York Times, you might check the Union Leader, you might check WMUR, you might check the Wall Street Journal. You know, you have your sources that you kind of triangulate through to get the kind of news you're interested in, sports, music. Um, But what about the hometown news? You know, as you start losing reporters and people with expertise and institutional memory, you lose that connection to the community and then you end up only delivering to people the tragedy of the day because it's the headline, it's the big news, it's the sad news, it's the thing that gets clicks. So online news is still sort of defining itself in that way and trying to find the happy medium without losing itself in in another trend. So here I am. So with all this learning curve that you've gone through after beginning to do a lot more freelance work and now you're on Enterprise, two years into it, what have you learned about yourself personally that maybe you didn't realize before you became Manchester Inklink? I guess I've learned that, you know, I, I have a great capacity for being a workaholic. <laughs> it's, it's, it's exciting, though, because I've learned that when you take something on and and it's personal and and you really are invested in it you you do whatever it takes to make it work and you do feel the responsibility of it to the reader you know I want it to be something that's valuable to people and I'm not just doing it because I have nothing better to do I could do other things I'm sure I could go find a job somewhere but that's not what it's about anymore and I think that's the kind of the heart of what you do with these podcasts is that at some point in life we wake up and we say if this is what I want to do if this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life you know it's got to it's got to feel like I'm part of it and I, and it has to have my fingerprint on it or it has to it has to be authentic to who I am I don't want to just push paper in an office or do somebody else's bidding you know I want to do something that brings together my unique skills and my voice to to a project or in this case a website and technically our two-year anniversary is probably more like August but it was right around now when I the wheels were turning I hadn't launched the news site yet but I had launched my brand site which is robidoinklink.com and uh, was doing a lot of freelance to bootstrap the future news site which I didn't know how long it was going to take me to do that but only it took only a month or two for me to realize that there's no time like now so what am I waiting for I remember last year uh, sometime you were very excited about hitting a major milestone of a million views or clicks or unique unique views whatever it's called and 
in a fairly short time, you're you're just about doubling that. That's right. It was last October. I hit my one millionth page view, and I was like, woohoo! <laughs> and uh, but like everything else, you know, the 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 readership just keeps kind of trajectory. The trajectory is up, 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 and so we're about to hit two million, and it's only been what seven months or you know eight months, and and um, and I guess that's a testament to word of mouth to people finding out about the site and then coming back and following along. So that's been kind of exciting to see that happen. And I, I should mention also that I've never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I never imagined myself an entrepreneur, especially in the line of work I'm in, because you don't think about that as a journalist. Like, someday I'm going to be an, an entrepreneur journalist or something. But after I started uh, applying for unemployment through the state of New Hampshire after I was laid off from Patch, I received a letter from a program called Pathway to Work in New Hampshire, and it's um, a small program that they started a couple years ago, and basically the way I explain it is it's for people of a certain age who may be in a, a, a business of a, a certain limited possibility, and they encourage you to create your own job and they don't give you a pile of money but they give you about six months to collect your full unemployment a whopping for me it was four hundred and twenty seven dollars a week and I could pursue my business and um, uh, so that's what I did and I so I was able to freelance and keep my freelance income as security towards the future and then I just, you know, figured out what I needed to start a website, and I and I figured it all out pretty much on my own. I'm no tech genius, but you are now. I am now, and I ha- and I have a lot of uh, you know persistence, and and so I I created the website and I built it myself, and I still administrate it myself, and um, so it's very hands on, and I I have complete ownership of it, and, and that's exciting and scary all at once too. So the biggest challenge, hardest part, maybe you've answered it already, you are by nature uh, a hard worker, workaholic. Is it that there's not a clone of you that can help you with this, or what has been the biggest challenge? Oh, the biggest challenge is making a living. I mean, you know, this is the problem that newspapers face, too, is monetizing. So the first whole year, I didn't even worry about that. I just kept freelancing my heart out and kept posting stories and decided around this time last year I was going to try to sell advertising and I'm not an advertising genius. I don't even know anything about marketing. So there again, it was another steep learning curve and you just kind of dive in. But I managed to to, uh, sell some advertising last year and my goal in 2016 is to not just sell some advertising but to actually work towards being solvent. Um, So I'm I'm always looking for local businesses that want to advertise mom and pops but even there you know the technology is way ahead of us so now we have ad blockers iphone has uh made it clear that they're they're not going to support ads as much as they used to um there's there's problems with selling banner advertising so now we have to talk about things like sponsored content which means um maybe a company has something that they want to promote so i write a story about it or they write a story about it and I promote it on the site, and they pay me for my exposure, which means I guarantee them a certain number of eyeballs. Um, I can, you know, the link lives forever. Uh, you promote the business as much as you can. I mean, the reason that plays so well for me is that I don't have a lot of overhead, and I don't have any corporate interests or ties. So 
I become your personal cheerleader, basically. If, if you're going to advertise with me on some level or do sponsored content with me, my mission after succeeding at what I'm doing is su- succeeding at what you're doing by, by kind of giving you all the promotion I can. Tweeting, you know, LinkedIn posts, Google+, multiple Facebook pages, and... I don't know where it all ends. You know, I don't know what happens. I just, I just actually attended a, a talk last night at St. Anselm College. A philosopher was talking about how you, you know, you walk into an airport and you're immediately bombarded with advertising or tell, you know, the television is on, the signposts are there. Uh, advertisers know that when you walk in, you're up for grabs, your headspace is there and they're going to fill it with messaging. And we can't just check out and go into a quiet place um, unless we have a business class pass and, and we can go into the lounge where there's no noise. But the idea that advertising has become an acceptable part of our culture almost, you know, um, so then when we resent it and we say, I don't want to see these ads, click, 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 you know, I'm going to put up an ad blocker, click, click, click. We want to we want to push away the what we see as noise, but on some hand, here we are, Biona Cafe, for example. You know, they have a great they have a great business here. They want to promote it, and they have people that come. But they also have a great story, and they have to stay in business if we want to come here. So you have to find that balance between gratuitous advertising and positive supportive community networking, I guess. I don't know how else to put it. I, I promised you this wouldn't really be self-serving because it puts you in an awkward position to be shining the spotlight on yourself, but you fit the profile, as I said earlier, perfectly. Did it surprise you that there are so many people that want to be a part of this who are not being compensated, that want to be a, it's a tribute either to you or the product or both, and it must make you feel good and maybe something you didn't see coming. I absolutely didn't see it coming, uh, and it's it's like the blessing in disguise of this. But I think people here in Manchester appreciate uh, what I'm trying to do and why I'm trying to do it. Um, and and it's nothing against the existing media. It's just that I feel like I bring something to the party, so to speak. That's um, uh, grounded in in who I am and where my heart is and um, and my capacity for uh, caring about the community and I and I don't mind if it gets personal sometimes I have a lot of objectivity but I also live here and I also see the pain of of some people's lives and I and I see people struggling to get a business going and I understand exactly how that feels so you know I have great people who are professionals or just smarter than me in many ways who want to be part of it, who contribute in some way. And I seek those people out sometimes, uh, more times than not, to say, hey, you know, I know who you are and I know you have something important to say. Would you, would you be willing to share that in a, in a way that helps you too? Because I think, th- I think the best part of what I do is I say I bring many voices to the mix uh, and and give people an opportunity and a platform to connect. It's it's again it's about connecting community, people, things, ideas. And we don't necessarily have a place to do that. We don't have 
a monthly town meeting. We don't even have a civic engagement Facebook page to talk about the stuff that really matters on Facebook. You know, there's Facebook groups for anything you can think of, flea markets, yard sales. I remember when, you know, all of those things. But if you, if you step out of the line, the parameter of those groups, you're either, you know, your post is deleted or you're booted from the group. And so where do we go to discuss these things? You know, we can, quote unquote, rant on our own pages. But I think I'd like my site to continue to evolve to be a place where opinions are welcome and discussion is, um, is welcome and people connect and maybe take little steps to change the world a little bit. Despite the financial uncertainties, I'm going to guess, just having talked to you and knowing you, that this is the most satisfying thing you've ever done professionally. Yeah, I've never felt more um, at home or or settled in what I'm doing. I mean, I understand it every day, what I have to do, and I put... I put myself on deadlines to get things done and I and I don't need anybody to to tell me it's time to do this or I know what time it is. But I also have the flexibility that if I get a call at 10 o'clock in the morning from someone who says, hey, I need to talk to you about something, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'll be there in a minute, you know, and I can just switch gears because that's what my priority is, being responsive to the people who are taking the time to read the site. And I'm not going to tell them what the news is every day. Some days they're going to tell me what's happening and I'm going to share that. And that's, that's what I think, you know, I think that's what community news is. And I think that's really, everything should be people driven. And we, we see that in the election process right now where people are talking about how, you know, they feel like they've lost control of this democracy. And the message we get is take it back. It's yours. It belongs to you. And I say that about this community. This is your community, and what's happening here belongs to you. I'm just here to to kind of channel that, to help with that. I'm a, I'm a professional journalist. Um, I don't play one on TV, but I actually am. And, and that's also something that's kind of missing. Professional journalists disheartened by the economy and the process that's at, at work in in newspaper newsrooms and, and TV stations around the world are checking out. They're going to do PR. They're going to do other things. They're retiring. They're they're not sticking to what they know. Not everything I do is hard hitting investigative journalism because who's got time for that? But you know, I will do my best. And if I can't figure it out, um, I have c- former colleagues like Nancy West who started In Depth New Hampshire. She's a nonprofit solo news organization and she's dedicated to doing the digging so you know she's been collaborating with some other publications and she's open to to collaboration with me I share her stuff and um, you know things are happening it's it's a changing it's a changing world even in journalism and every day it changes still so you got to stay on your toes all right final question The, the one I ask everybody is you've survived and continue to flourish with manchesterinkling.com what advice do you give to other people who have whatever their chosen path is to be to go for it and uh, just put all those chips in the middle of the table and go all in? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you just have to believe in the process of what you're doing and, and don't let the, the noise get to you. A lot of people question what you're doing. A lot of people, believe it or not, you know, I've had people negatively 
address what I'm doing or or sort of put me down personally for what I'm trying to do because I'm a one person operation and uh yeah occasionally I make a you know a typo or occasionally you know I um I might you know miss something that I that I shouldn't have missed but you need to kind of feel bold and enthusiastic and have some faith in what you're doing and surround yourself with the best people you can find which is exactly what I've done starting with my beloved husband who is my biggest cheerleader and then to all the people like yourself like John Clayton like Carolyn Choate like my friend Susan Wareflower um, there's a, a so many I can't even name them that uh, have stepped up and contributed to the site uh, uh, Dan Vine at, at Dine started doing um, Small Business Fridays, and every other week, you know, he contributes that. Sure, is it a little self-serving because he's a small businessman and on top of working at Dine? Yeah, I guess so, but it's also a window in to that whole sort of tech world startup that there's so many people out there who like me. I mean, I'm, a, I'm like a tech startup in my own way, so many of us are going to be facing these things, and I say just... Just read everything you can. Find smarter people than you, and and don't give up um, ever. Never, ever, ever give up. Thank you very much. I'm so glad we got to do this. Me too. Thanks a lot, Mike. <laughs>